Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode 33, dedicated to the hick from French Lick, Mr. Larry Bird. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading to another episode of the podcast. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth, the things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this is your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to people know about the podcast. I'm sure right now this is the third episode in a row that I have dedicated the episode to a particular individual. You may have been wondering, one, why didn't you start this sooner? And two, why have ev- why has every person had an Indiana tie? Well, I am a guy, I'm a, a young man that's been, that's lived most of my life in Indiana. Indiana sports are a big part of my life. So that's kind of why episode 31, Reggie Miller was in my mind when I was literally, when I was introducing the podcast, when I was literally talking, it came to my head. I said, well, Reggie Miller, episode 31 makes sense. Edron James, my favorite coach running back of all time, especially since I saw him when since he was uh, there during those glory days, as I call them, of the, of the Colts. I said, sure, episode 32, go to Edron James. And, of course, episode 33. When I'm thinking about great number 33s in sports, basketball, is this basketball season almost starting, came to my head. And with Larry Bird being from Indiana, I said, why not? This is a great connection. So that's why I got 33, Larry Bird. Now, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38 may not be Indiana times, but, hey, it'll be a player. It'll be an episode dedicated to a specific player, maybe an award, maybe a record. You never know. You never know. But, hey, we'll have to wait and see to figure out what's going on with each episode. But I figured dedicating the episode to a particular athlete, is a great way to have fun. Also, some of you may have been wondering, why does Jay say, well, let's go ahead and take a trip, blah, 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 every single episode. Well, that was birthed back in episode number three. I believe it was number three, three or four. When I said, let's go ahead, let's go ahead and take a trip to the Bay and talk about one of the best teams in NBA history. Teams or dynasties, one of the two. I think it was probably dynasties because that whole time was talking about the Golden State Warriors dynasty that they have been and that great run that they have been on all over the past five years. Well, that's kind of, it just literally rolled off the tip of my tongue. It wasn't something that was scripted, wasn't something that was planned. No, it literally was something that rolled off the tip of my tongue. Let's go ahead and take a trip to the Bay because me, I'm in, from Indiana. So if, I have, if I'm going to Oakland, I have to take a trip to Oakland. I can't just drive across town or go around the corner to go to Oakland. No, I have to literally take a trip. So that's kind of how that came into my head. Let's go ahead and take a trip. So each week we take a trip to a particular city. I know one week we took a trip to a state, to California with the uh, with the Fair Pay to Play Act when that was put into play. I said, hey man, let's go ahead and have some fun. So that's where that came from. Let's go ahead and take a trip. Blah, blah, blah. Birth back when I was talking about the Gold State Warriors in the infancy stage of the podcast. Also, a few ways quickly for us or for you to interact with the podcast. Each week, I give my Twitter handle. Follow me on Twitter at, at Dr. Underscore J25. Great way there. If you follow me, send me a direct message. Tweet at me. Let me know you listen to the podcast. I like to get feedback. I like to know who's listening and things of that nature. Um, also, Send me an email. If 280 characters is not is not enough for you, or you do not have Twitter, send me an email. Emails are a great way to communicate back and forth between two people. If you go to anchor.fm slash Jay Stevens Podcast, um, there's a few ways for you to 
interact with the show there. One of them being, there's two two main ones. One of them being support this podcast. And it's a if you go to the website, there's a a, a link right in the middle of the page. Support this podcast. You click that link and it comes up. You can become a financial supporter on a monthly basis of the podcast. It gives you a few amounts that you could um actually be a supporter of the podcast there monetarily. Um. It's a great thing there. This podcast podcasts are not free. There's a cost to that, and so if you would like to be um, a, a supporter monetarily of the podcast, go there to that. Also, a lot of people like to talk. We talk about sports on a daily basis. If you would like to give feedback about something that I have said directly or a thought that came into your head while I was while listening to the podcast. On the website as well, anchor.fm slash podcast. Next to the support this podcast link, there is a link that says send voice message. You click that link, you'll have to you have to create an anchor account. You do not have to be a podcast a host or start a podcast to do that. No, just start an account. Um, am I doing that? You're allowed to send up to a 60 second voice message voice message, and that's not just once. You can send that as many times as you would like. So support the podcast monetarily, send voice messages. Uh, if you hit me up on Twitter, uh, follow me on Twitter, at me, direct message me, whatever. Let me know that you listen to the podcast. It's a great encouragement to, to me. Also, email. I know we're, email is kind of a thing of the past, but sometimes you have a lot to say, and 280 characters is not enough. Send emails to me. I'll gladly read them um, as well. Preparing for another guest on the show. This one, I had to tap into, tap into the World Wide Web to get that one intact, but be looking for another guest to be on the show. Um, you want, so just to have some more, a different perspective, this one may have a uh, Bostonian accent, you may want to say. <laughs> if he's going he's gonna to listen to this and be like, man, really? Um, but yeah, um, Bostonian accent possibly. Well, you, we'll hear about that in a few weeks down the road. Um, let's go ahead and take a trip to Kansas City. Because with Patrick Mahomes' recent injury, it got me thinking and wondering about why are all these backup quarterbacks playing this year? Oh, and that wonderful Madden curse. Have you ever stopped to think about how many backup quarterbacks are playing in the NFL right now? I mean, seriously, take a little bit of time to think about it because it's outrageous. The amount of backup quarterbacks that are out there playing is probably the, the highest it's been in recent memory. I mean, I can't remember a time or a year where so many backups, so many third-string guys even, are playing in the NFL because, one, quarterbacks are getting hurt. Quarterbacks are getting hurt every single week. It's ridiculous. And then, two, some guys should have been benched. Eli Manning should have been benched two years ago or prior or should not be starting quarterback. So what do you have? You have a guy, Eli Manning, who loses his job uh, to Daniel Jones, a newcomer, first-round pick, number six overall pick of this last NFL draft, and that's what you have. Well, have you ever thought to think about it? Because I didn't. This past Thursday, however, the thought entered my mind. Thursday night football, Chiefs-Broncos, divisional game. Broncos aren't that good. Chiefs are looking to actually Pick up, pick it up a little bit so they can make some noise, potentially make some noise in the playoffs. They have a quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who's been who has a nagging ankle injury. Heard it earlier in the season, kept playing, wasn't that bad. Re-aggravated again, re-aggravated it against the Colts. And it was noticeable throughout that game. He was limping around, wasn't as wasn't as mobile. So we we're trying to figure out what Patrick Mahomes were we going to see every single week. Well, what happened with that? Fourth and one, second quarter in the Broncos 
territory. Chiefs are about to score. Literally score. Is it is Andy Reid has a decision? Does he go for the field goal? Get the points. They're up 10-6. So the field goal wouldn't be that bad. You go from 10-6, uh one score, you you you, you just uh, extend your lead to actually making the Broncos score a field goal to tie you instead of uh a touchdown, a touchdown giving them the lead. This is basic math, not that crazy at all. Does he go for the field goal? Does he do a QB sneak, which is rarely used, but he might use it this time? Does he give the ball to the fullback, which is a lot, good, very good option, very not used enough at all, not used enough either? Or does he give it to the tailback? What does he do? He uh, he uh, says forget the tailback, forget the fullback, or even forget the field goal. He's going to go ahead and go for it, fourth to one QB sneak with a guy that has a bum ankle. There was so much talk. Should he have done the field? Should he have done the QB sneak? Should he have not? I am on the side that he has, he should have not solely because of the injury of Patrick Mahomes' ankle. That's the only reason. Patrick Mahomes' ankle being healthy, or if he was not limping around on the field, I'm saying go for it, bro. Go for it. Do your thing. Go for it. He he elects QB sneak. He elects QB sneak, and what what do you know? He gets it. Patrick Mahomes gets the first down. It's first and goal. Broncos, ter- Broncos territory. Very looks like the Chiefs are about to score. And then all, all of a sudden, you look down, and you look at the camera, you look at the TV screen. Patrick Mahomes is hurt, but it ain't his ankle this time. It's his knee. When one body part or one thing is actually uh, ailing, something else has to compensate for it. And this is what happened this time. His ankle got hurt. He got the first down. His D took the uh, the brunt of the pressure this time, compensated, compensated for the weak ankle, and he got hurt. So we get to where we are now with this conversation. Why are all these backup quarterbacks playing? Why? You got Tua Tungavailoa, Alabama just got hurt this past week. Backup, backup came in early in the season for Florida. Felipe Franks gets hurt. Who comes in? Kyle Trask. Who is doing what? Starting for the first time, since his sophomore, no, ninth grade year of high school. 10th, 11th, 12th, first, second year at Florida. Was it the starter? I believe this is, this is his third year at Florida. He's finally a starter. Basically thrown into the fire because QB1 got hurt. And if you look at him play, he does not look like a guy that has gone four or five years without starting a football game. Just not. He looks comfortable, uh, very comfortable, way more comfortable than what I expected when I was watching the game and seeing, well, Felipe Franks got hurt. And I, I get it. He's young blood. He's new. He's fresh. But that newness, that freshness kind of roll wears off once your teammates kind of realize we got to rely on this guy to win. It's not just rely on this guy to win this one game or finish this game. No, no, no. We got to rely on this, game to, this guy to win every single week. One loss this year for Florida. Very well, could make some more noise in the SEC, play into a New Year's Six Bowl. It's, it's possible, it's possible, and Kyle Trask would be the reason, but why are so many backup quarterbacks playing in the NFL? When it comes to Patrick Mahomes on the cover of Madden this year, I'll get to that in a little bit. I don't want to talk about that right now, but why are so many backup quarterbacks playing? And if you go, we could expand it to outside of backup quarterbacks. If you go to NFL rosters or NFL injury list, or if you just Google Injuries in the NFL. It's crazy how many guys are hurt this year. It's 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 eye-popping, eye-opening to see how many guys are hurt. I think it doesn't just go to the quarterback. 
or it doesn't just go to a running back. I think it goes to football players as a whole. So many more guys are specialists or specialized from a young age where mom or dad or even the individual, or even the young kid, six, seven, eight years old, says, hey, I only want to play football. I only want to play football, and that's nothing else. At eight years old, I'm watching, I'm watching TV, and I see uh, not me particularly, but I see, I see a Tim Tebow playing at Florida. I'm like, man, I want to be Tim Tebow when I grow up. And I, and, and then all of a sudden, you realize, oh man, I'm a lefty just like that guy, and I want, and I want to be a Tim Tebow. Well, he can't throw the best, but he can surely run. He can lift them weights. He lives with the linemen. So what do you do? You go ahead and you start lifting weights heavy. You start being a quarterback, and it seems like the high school system fits you. The high school system is everything that fits Tim Tebow. So you're like, great, man. I'm going to be Tim Tebow for a day. No, 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 not just for a day. I'm going to be Tim Tebow for the rest of my life. And there's so many guys. Think about it. You got, you get it. You get a young man running that Tim, that Florida offense where Tim Tebow was doing his thing. Wasn't really known as the best pastor because he's not the best pastor. But what Tim, it is Tim Tebow. He was a winner in college. So you get the high school, man. Okay, cool. I can't be Tim Tebow. I can't get that big. I can't be. I can't move like that at, at that size. But what I can do as a lefty, I can sling that ball. Shotgun set, spread offense in high school, moving, moving things around and winning. Get to college. Get you a scholarship. Get to college. What happens next? Well, in college, you go ahead. You, you're a lefty. It's a little bit different. If you if you ever played and you're caught about from a left-handed player and right-handed player, the ball spins different. So it's different coming at you. It's different with your hands. Uh, granted, I'm, I understand. I am, I am of the uh, belief if the ball hit, cuts, touch it, if the ball touches your hands, let me slow down. If the ball touches your hands, you ought to catch it. I am of that belief. We have seen so many players Saturday, Sunday, Friday night, Friday nights even. Ball catches two hands, sometimes twice, and they still drop that thing. But man, you get the you get the you get the college. You realize, okay, cool. I got to throw the ball a little bit more than Tim Tebow. I can't be that big, but I can sure throw the ball. So college, I throw the ball once again. Same system, same shotgun, same shotgun set, no eye formation. So no under center, no two tight, three tight end sets. None of that. None of that at all. I'm thinking three wide, four wide sets, four wide receivers, sometimes five wide receivers. I'm in the backfield all by myself in shotgun, controlling the offense. And remember, I'm a specialist. Remember, that specialist is uh been doing the same thing since he was eight, nine years old. Get to the NFL, a whole different system. Hold on, man. I gotta go under center. I mean, I gotta put my hands under that center's butt, and he has to snap the ball back to me. What is this? This is different. So, so many guys now are coming out of these systems that are specialists and are going to the NFL where they're not really being hit and they're protected in high school. They're protected in college. you got a great offensive line in front of you. All five guys going to the league. All five guys going to be uh, staples on the, uh, on the NFL offensive line. All five guys are buying are taking are taking care of you, man. Taking good care of you. You got you a guy, you score a touchdown, he's carrying you down the field to celebrate with the other teams. So you ain't gotta run to relieve you of some of that running. Oh yeah, man, I got all that. NFL time you come. One, being a specialist, your joints, your bones, your body, doing the same thing for over and over and over again. And your joints are man, like, man, it's time to give up. It's time to go. I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. This hurts. That's how some of these. That's how some of these bodies are. Once these players get to the professional ranks, they've been specialists. One, not just specialists, but they're also not used to the change. They're not used to adapting. They're not used to the speed of the NFL. Not just the speed, but they're not used to making decisions on the field themselves. 
we all see it on the sidelines. These coaches, um, these players as well, hold up signs with different signals so that the player, uh, the players, all eleven on the offense, will look up to the sidelines. Ain't no huddle going on now. We'll look up to oh, look over to the sidelines to get the play call. I get it. It's a great way for the up tempo style. The up-tempo style of offense, it's a great way to get that done. But what actually happens, it dumbs down the athlete so that on the field, they rely more for the coach instead of their own brain that they were that they were blessed with. And man, so many guys cannot comprehend, cannot get over the hump in the NFL with what's going on, with the changes, with the speed of what's going on there. We saw it in, we saw it in, in Washington. The Redskins, Case Keenum, trash, didn't look good at all. Dwayne Haskins comes in. Wasn't ready for the NFL. One year start at Ohio State. Broke all kinds of records. But I think what Jay Gruden should have done is taken a page out of, oh, a Bill Belichick playbook. When Tom Brady came into the NFL, there was a Drew Brees. What happened with Tom Brady? Drew Brees, not Drew Brees, wow, Drew Bledsoe. Same initials, forgive me. Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. Tom Brady gets thrown into the fire. Similar to some of these guys here. Similar to what Daniel, Daniel Jones didn't get, nah. Daniel Jones came in. Eli wasn't hurt. But you get you get the picture. Nick Foles goes down. Gardner Mitchell comes in, and he's just he's he's doing he's doing really good. Leading the Jaguars in ways or playing in ways that no one really thought he could. So all of a sudden you got these guys coming in. Dwayne Haskins thrown into the fire. And what happened? He's not ready. Jay Gruden should have taken a page of that out of that playbook. Maybe just maybe just maybe if he would have waited, just stuck with Case Keenum. He may have had his job. The writing was all was all on the wall. Case Keenum, not the guy. But at some point, you got to do what you think to save your job. If that's what you got to do to save your job, that's a bad move, young man. That just shows how bad of a spot you were to when it came to you, you losing your job shortly after that game. But also, this whole Madden curse thing. How in the world does the Madden curse tie into Patrick Mahomes? Let's look back to the Madden curse. Let's look back to the cover athletes of Madden. How has their season or most of their seasons fared when they're on the cover of Madden? Well, you go back to the first quote-unquote cover athlete, Garrison, Harris, Garrison Hurst, that is. He was on the cover with John Madden at the time. The first few years, John Madden was on the cover with the athlete. Uh, uh, in 2001, Eddie George was the first player to be on the cover without Madden solo, which was a big accomplishment for NFL athletes. Garrison Hurst broke his ankle in the, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Did not come back until 2001. Crazy. The very next year, Barry Sanders did not get hurt, but he ended up retiring a year before training camp. Not so much a Madden curse, but so much uh, <laughs> more so the Lions always having unfortunate things happen to them year after year after year. Eddie George, Madden 01, what happened? Toe injury. Year after the cover, he proceeded to only average three yards of carry after that. That's a crazy that's a crazy injury not to be able to come back from. Dante Culpepper, back injury. Marshall Falk, ankle injury. Michael Vick, fractured right fibula. Ray Lewis. Now he's one guy. This his Madden cover year didn't get hurt, you may want to say. But this was the first year, and I think uh, Pat, the previous three or four, he had, had he had an inter interception. This is the first year in the streak that he did not have an interception. But in 15 games that year that he was on the cover of Madden, he did record 147 tackles. 
<laughs> that man was a beast. Uh, Madden 06, Donovan McNabb, sports hernia. You get the gist. I can keep going. Drew Brees, knee injury. Troy Polamalu. Imagine this. Sprained MCL. Sprained his MCL twice in the same season. That's unfortunate, bro. Madden 2012, Peyton Hillis, hamstring injuries. The year before, Peyton Hillis had ran for, I think, 1,000 yards, not, not even 1,100. Everyone was all up in arms. Browns fans thought we have our savior. No one, people only remember Peyton Hillis for what? The cover. Nothing he did on the field. Adrian Peterson, child abuse charges. Rob Gronkowski, hamstring and back injuries. Last year, Antonio Brown out of the league. He needs to get off his high horse and realize the NFL is going to go on without him. Patrick Mahomes this year. Next year's cover. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be the guy to put this in stone or be a prophet. Just in my head, based off how the season has gone, Mr. Christian McCaffrey has a chance to be on the cover next year. One, aside from being on the cover next year, Christian McCaffrey has a chance to be the first white running back to win <laughs> NFL MVP in how long? Think about it. Yeah, it's been a long time, my friend. It's been a very long time. I think I looked it up recently. I forget the exact year, but I think it was back in the 50s, the last time a white running back won NFL MVP. You may say, Jay, are you being racist? No. How many white running backs do you realize are in that are NFL that are good? I'm not being racist. I'm just being factual. The running back is more of a, uh, a position that is run by people of dark descent, dark skin color. I ain't, I'm not the one that did it. It's just that's the athletes. It's how, that's how the game is, as, 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 has unfolded. Christian McCaffrey, right running back. I hope he wins NFL MVP. He's that good. But for that Madden cover, bruh, that Madden cover, hopefully you have the success that Brady did in his year where he won the Super Bowl, the first one the Super Bowl, and he was on the Madden cover, and not the unfortunate reality of so many other Madden cover athletes. Basketball is back. Ah! Yes, baby. I've been waiting for this moment for quite a long time. Football is my heart. Football has my heart. But this theme song, NBA basketball, it's a thing of beauty. It's a thing that we live for. We're looking forward to this moment for quite a long time. Let me shut up. Man, I love that song. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Yes, I love that song. That song gets me hyped every time I hear it. You know, it was a big time game, big time matchup coming on. I wish that was still played when games came on now, but I understand and completely get why it is not. Growing up, that was the song that you heard whenever it was time for NBC to broadcast uh, Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, uh, John Starks when they was on the when they when they, those two played on the Knicks together. Reggie Miller. It didn't matter. Whatever was a big matchup, that song was on. We didn't have the widespread of games now. We're seeing like every game's on the on TV now. I think the Pacers, my team, I think right now 81 of their 82 games are broadcast locally. All 82 will be on TV. That one that's not broadcast locally will be exclusively, I believe, on TNT. We have a surplus, uh, overabundance, you may be able to say, of games now. Well, back then in the 90s, we didn't have that. It was literally, you when you heard that, 
prime time. You have Marv Albert sometimes, Bob Costas. And let me tell you, I know he's kind of an underrated basketball play-by-play man, but he's up there. If he was still broadcasting games now, I would not be upset if he was if he was uh, calling the finals over Mike Breen. Mike Breen does a phenomenal job, but that's just how high re- in high regard I hold Bob Costas when it comes to play-by-play men in the NBA. But basketball starts tomorrow, October 22nd. I got five quick questions for what I'm looking forward to, a question that I have going into the NBA season as it currently sits. Um, so here we go. Five quick questions. What I got going into the NBA season. I'm not going to give you like division predictable who's going to win each division like I did in football. Uh, not really my thing in basketball to do predictions like that. Over an 82-game span, a lot can happen. So I said, hey, let's not do that. Let's just get five quick questions, five good questions to predict or questions I have going into this upcoming season. Question number one, will the Spurs win 50 games? You may say, Jay, um, probably. They won 50 games last year. No, they did not. They did not at all. Actually, last year, they went 48-34. and 34. The year before, they went 47-35. and 35. Let me tell you, winning 48 games and 47 games the past two years, you would think, oh, they were a top five seed. No, excuse me. No, this is the West. They were In both years, they were a seventh seed, and they lost to, in 2018 playoffs, lost in five. Last year's playoffs, lost in seven. Last year, they, hurt, they lost their starting point guard and their backup point guard for the entirety of the season. So you're kind of seeing how deep the, and how hard it is in the West and how 48, 47 games in the East, you're top. You're probably, you may even get home court advantage. In the West, that's not the case. It has been since the 80s. You have to go back to the 80s for the last time the Spurs did not win 50 games in a row three consecutive seasons. And that's how long, that's how crazy this streak has that they have been on has been. Uh, this is even before dating, before Greg Popovich was the head coach of the Spurs. Now, they do get DeJounte Murray back, which I think is a big addition. 6'5 point guard going to be orchestrating the offense. Hard, harder to guard for younger guards. Even a lot of shooting guards will have a hard time guarding him as well. Will the Spurs win 50 games? My prediction is yes. They have Popovich. Um, they still have a good core group of players, but we'll have to wait and see. Number two, who will win the East? This may be the biggest question for any fan or any um, any person that has a show or any that's a writer. It doesn't matter who it is. This may be the biggest question, one of the biggest questions going into the season. 76ers have a good core. The Celtics have a good core. Some people say, don't sleep on the Pacers, but even myself being a fan... I don't see the Pacers being a being a uh, being, being a contender to be in the finals next year. Yeah, Victor Oladipo will come back, but they, they may make some noise into the playoffs. But I'm not. I am not there at all. The Nets will be better, but they don't have the best player on their team, Kevin Durant. He is hurt. So what do you have there? The Bucks. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo, but he's but he. You have Chris Middleton, but he lost Malcolm Brogdon. So what is going to be there? So many questions with the East. Some say the Heat will be better. Um, some say the Bulls may be better. I'm just throwing names out there. I'm not saying they're going to be at, up 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 at the top of the Eastern Conference. The Raptors, the last year champion. How in the world will they fare? Losing Kawhi, Pascal Siakam. Will he raise? Will he be able to raise his game to another level? Kyle Lowry. Will you step up? So many people disrespect Kyle Lowry and don't think Kyle Lowry deserves to be the leader of a team. Hey, I get it. He's kind of inconsistent. He's an all-star. Um, He deserves to be an all-star. Let me tell you that. He does deserve that spot to be an all-star in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference does not have the talent that's, that the West has. 
But who will win the East? That is a mystery. And even right now, before the season, if you predict who you think it'll be, you'll probably be wrong. That's how crazy the East is going to be. That's how many question marks there are for each and every team. Will Anthony Davis and LeBron both be healthy the entire season? This may be, now for me, with those teams in L.A., you know what you're going to get out of Kawhi. You know what you're going to get out of Paul George. Paul George is going to, going to be there, going to be healthy. Uh, if he has a, a little injury, he may be out a couple games, but it's not going to keep, out, keep him out for a long time. Kawhi Leonard probably going to have his load management. He may miss 20, 22 games, but still be healthy uh, going, going into the playoffs. Last year in the playoffs, we understand he was not uh, up to par, up to the caliber of, we, of what we see him. He still played phenomenal in the playoffs, but we still realized and saw that Kawhi Leonard did have some sort of an injury. Anthony Davis, as good as he is, the top five player that he is in the NBA, Anthony Davis is one player that no matter how good he is, he always finds a way to get hurt. Or an injury always comes up on him. I'm just being honest with you. I don't know if this is the right time or if this is, or if, if, this is if anything's going to change. I understand it's a change of scenery. I understand LeBron's workouts and his and his health uh, is probably one of the best is one of the best in the NBA as far as taking care of his body. But even LeBron James last year had an injury that kept him out a few games. Well, quite a few games. I won't say just a few, quite a few games. Lakers didn't make the playoffs, so LeBron had an early summer, a lot earlier than normal. LeBron, who we have seen in the in the NBA Finals, gosh, I think since 2011, had the first time he had a summer off. His season ended in April, not in late mid to late June. So how will that be for him? I think LeBron may be healthier, but Anthony Davis, let me just tell you, I would not count on him being healthy the entire season. His track record, no matter how great a number, great a numbers he puts up, his track record says he probably will not be healthy the entire season. Sticking with the healthy side, will Zion Williamson play 50 games? Before the NBA season, no, 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 before the season. Preseason, no, before preseason. Let's go back to summer. Let's go back to summer league. In summer league, we saw Zion Williamson, literally, he was one and done. Played one game, the, the coaching staff, the training staff sent him out the rest of summer league due to an, due to an injury, some soreness to his, I believe it was to his knee. I, I, may have, I may have that uh, quoted wrong, but I believe it was to his knee. During the preseason, it comes out that Zion Williamson has knee soreness and he's going to miss possibly three weeks into the NBA season. It was also reported that with said injury, that this is not more precautionary. This is more something that could be a nagging thing from here on out. And let me tell you, I looked up Zion's height and weight just a little bit ago. Six foot seven, 285 pounds. That may be the thing that's hindering him, not his height, but his weight. For his frame, he might need to cut down on his weight, shave up 15, 20 pounds, be 6'7", 265, that is 6'7", 285. I understand the power that he's going, that he has, the power and the explosiveness, the power, explosiveness, and the quickness. I understand how that's going to be a help for him at 285, but he may be a better player at 265, and honestly, he may be, it may be, he may feel a lot better at 265. Those joints will actually be able to rest a little bit, not, not have to hold so much pressure. Not be so stressed. Not have not be so stressed. And I, I think this Zion cutting some weight may help him play 50 games. We may not see Zion play 50 games this year. He's a little heavy. Not heavy in a bad sense, like he's overweight heavy. But he's heavy 
and his heaviness may be hindering him from being the vital force, possibly rookie of the year at the end of the season. Last question I have going into the season, what duos will dominate? <laughs> if you took a, if you look at this list that I got in front of me, you will understand this uh, this is a lengthy list. The Celtics, you got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Luce Terry Rozier, who's now in Charlotte. How will that hand out for him? The Nets, you got Kyrie Irving. You have DeAndre Jordan. You have Spencer Dinwiddie. And look for Spencer Dinwiddie to take on a, a more important or a bigger portion of the scoring load for the Nets. Last year, D'Angelo Russell was a big portion of the scoring for the team. He's no longer there. He is now in Golden State. Spencer Dinwiddie scored, had scored the most points per game last year that he has in his career with 16 points per game. Well, I believe it's actually 16.8 to be accurate. Look for that to jump up to be around the 22 to 23 points per game this upcoming season. Kevin Durant, he is hurt. Now imagine this, a Spencer Dinwiddie, a Kevin Durant, and a Kevin, a Spencer Dinwiddie, a Kevin Durant, a Kyrie Irving, and a DeAndre Jordan. That's a crazy starting four. That's a crazy four. That's a crazy lineup. That's a crazy tandem. Now put in whoever else you want to be at the, to be the fifth person. That's crazy. They would definitely make some noise in the NBA. The Mavericks, Kristaps Porzingis, Luka Doncic, the, the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, a local talent here at the Central Indiana, and Nikola Jokic probably will make a deep run into the playoffs in the Western Conference. They've been inching, they've been getting closer every single year. This will probably be their year. The Warriors, you have Wardell, you have Draymond Green, you have D'Angelo Russell, you have Klay Thompson, who was hurt. Klay Thompson's probably going to come back later in the season. Man, just let, let that sink in a little bit. If Klay Thompson was healthy the entire season, whoo, they probably they would have a chance. And they may not get home court advantage. They may not be a four seed. But they have a really good chance to upset somebody in the first round and make some noise into the second round as well. Rockets, Russell and James Harden. Uh, Pacers, Victor Oladipo's out. But you have Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon there. Clippers, Kawhi and PG. Uh, Lakers already mentioned it. LeBron and AD. Bucks, Giannis and Chris Middleton. T-Wolves, Cat. If you can get it going, bro, you and Andrew Wiggins with Jeff Teague together could make some noise. But I, that, that's just the team. That's the good players. The chemistry's not just there. 76ers, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, you see what kind of duos we have. Used to be when I was growing up, everybody had one player. Nowadays, everybody has two. Trailblazers, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, Yusuf Nurkic, Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay, DeJounte Murray. Don't sleep on this young man. He's going to make some noise this year. Possibly. Not calling it right now, but possibly could be an all-star in the Western Conference. You may say, Jay, you're crazy. You only sound crazy because he didn't play last year because he was hurt. Wait to see what happens this upcoming year. He may make some noise. Raptors, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Jazz, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Joe Inglace, still there. Let's make some noise in Utah. Wizards, John Wall, Bradley Beer. Who's going to be the best duo in the NBA? We'll have to wait and see. I know who I think it might be. You know who you think it might be. Your team may have a duo that I didn't mention. These are just duos that I see fit right now, currently constructed. Who is going to be the best duo in the NBA? That's a question I'm not going to answer right now because each and every one that I just listed has question marks. Question marks that I, I do not feel comfortable making a prediction on this right now. Season starts tomorrow, October 22nd. Can't wait for those of you that the season doesn't start till Christmas. 
You don't have to care about tomorrow. Don't have to care about October 22nd to December 25th. Just wait. Wait. This time is almost like preseason to you. For those of you where NBA season does not, does not start until the All-Star break, you got a long time to wait, bro. You got you can keep keep enjoying this college football NFL season. Uh, you could just jump right there right after the uh, Super Bowl in early in February. Um, excited about it. You could tell. Uh, my voice, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun time. Doubleheader on, on Tuesday. TNT, get there. You don't want to miss it before we get out of here i want to talk give a couple a shout out to some local talent here in central indiana first on the high school side a couple young men um that are in the township that i grew up in here locally committed to play basketball collegially today on sunday right shortly before i recorded one of them being tony perkins the guard out of lawrence north high school you may have heard lawrence north high school because of great it's the school greg odin went to the school mike conley went to um the school eric montross went to if you go way back uh, a little bit later than that in the north carolina days uh, he also had a career in the nba tony perkins uh, decided he was going to play his collegiate ball he's going to be an iowa hawkeye congrats for him for uh, announcing that getting getting that decision settled and then um DeAndre Davis, he was actually committed to Nebraska. They had a coaching coaching change out there. He decommitted and opened his recruitment back up. Well, if you for following him on Twitter or just following local uh, writers on Twitter here this week in Indi Central Indiana, there were all pictures pictures all in. Uh, 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 Matt Painter from Purdue was was there. Um, some more local, some more local, some more schools in the Midwest were in his home trying to get him to commit. Well, earlier today he committed to play basketball at Louisville. With Chris Mack. Chris Mack was actually one who had Trayvon Blewett, another Central Indiana uh, product, and uh, at, at Xavier. Chris Mack now at Louisville. He knows about the talent here locally in Indiana, and he wanted to get some more of that on his squad. Also, one last shout-out to Mr. David Bell. Uh, watch this man play all four years in high school. Was a four-year starter at Warren Central High School. Warren Central produced uh, players like a, a Jeff George, uh, things like that. Um, so that, that, that goes, that goes back a little, a little ways. But here in Central Indiana, Warren Central is almost like the benchmark for consistency and winning. They almost win. They're in the running for the state championship literally every single season. David Bell won state his senior year. True freshman at Purdue right now, he uh, he and he has 635 receiving yards on the season. That is number 14 in the country. For a for a team that is struggling, for a team that is looking for a bright spot, a team that has Rondell Moore that has been hurt and that has not been consistent, able to been play every single year. You have David Bell, true freshman, number 14 receiving yards in the country as a true freshman, and currently he was number one in the country with receiving yards. For a freshman, phenomenal local talent, DeAndre Davis, Tony Perkins, David Bell. Shout out to you guys. Keep doing good work. I'll be keeping my eyes on you throughout this upcoming season. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore J25. As always, at, at, once again, that is at Dr. Underscore J-A-Y, the number two and the number five. You can send all emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Once again, that is jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. This has been episode 33 of the J. Stevens Podcast. I'll see you next time. <laughs>